I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Uh, coming at you a day earlier, recording Tuesday night for a Wednesday delivery. You guys are probably listening to this, watching this on Valentine's Day. You're probably um, on a date right now with your old lady. She's chatting away, and you're just got like the phone in the corner, just like, uh huh. Oh yeah, that your coworker is a bitch. Yeah, totally. No, no, no. You get what you want. Be great. Yeah, the, the the one that the one that I always use is like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> or or as 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 my chick set calls it, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Well, no, she's with an M. Valentine's. Oh. Yeah. So she's got. So she's pronouncing it Spanish, where the V is a buh sound, and yeah. then and the thinking that it's like times because it makes more sense yeah. to say times yeah. yeah valentine's day it's like she how so angry when i tease her well it's how for like the first 25 years of my life i thought it was called old timers disease not alzheimer's same thing <laughs> you know it's like it's for old timers it's like yeah old old timers get this disease it's called old timers it just makes like daylight like savings mm -hmm. no it's daylight saving it's only it's one saving savings. you're saving a year on hour it's a savings account uh, so the million dollar question did you make it through the super bowl awake because it was no. a longer game no, no. I, impossible the first, the first quarter i passed out I've, <laughs> I've knocked out for a good probably to like right before halftime yeah and then and uh so but i i in the middle of the first quarter my man some bullshit <laughs> like nodded off to be fair i had a lot of shrimp <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't how that's good. Potatoes. <laughs> that is an excuse. I don't know if it's a good excuse, but I guess it is an excuse. Shrimp, potatoes, and shrimp. rice and sausage. Oof, that's full. I don't know if the shrimp is like the what makes you sleepy. It reminds me of that Family Guy line where Peter's telling the dude like, "Don't buy a used car. You can't do it." My cousin bought a used car. Ten years later, herpes. Because <laughs> you know they're so explicitly related. To each other. I mean, uh, everyone I know who drives a used car has herpes. I didn't fall asleep, but um, I had people over, which means I wasn't driving, which means I had no reason to be responsible whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. So I kind, I semi, I didn't black out, but I grayed out the whole second half. I do remember the last play of the game. Do you remember this, this you know, touchdown that won it? But yeah, it got hazy there. That's how you do a Super Bowl when it's Niners Chiefs as a Raiders fan. You just get a bottle of 80 proof in you and eat your body weight in sorrow. Call yeah, it's just, you just kind of like, if watching that game was a marathon, mm -hmm. probably like three miles in, you were just doing the marathon shuffle. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of like, you were, you, were, you were doing it, but you weren't really doing it. You I was there, there the whole time. Yeah. You were, but you weren't really there. The engine's running, but no one's behind the wheel. Yeah. What movie is that from? Yeah, so in the comments, the engine's running, but but your wife just said, Yeah, she she thinks Ray's coming. The engine's running, but no one's behind the wheel. Uh, so Antonio Pierce went on the Pivot podcast, Ryan Clark and Company. Um, 
it's worth your time. About an hour long. We'll uh we'll put the link down there for you. So you know if I remember to do it. Yeah. You know where. Right down there. Um, but the biggest thing I took from it was the quarterback conversation. So I edited out the the Ryan the actual question to make sure it was short, but Ryan Clark kind of put it as like, wow, you're really in a pickle at quarterback. Like, oh man, like you're you're not really in a great position to get a quarterback. Right? You're at number 13, which, you know, unless you, you know, not, there's aren't gonna be real, real quality guys, you know, on paper, real, real quality guys falling, you know, Jane Daniels and those guys aren't gonna fall down to 13. Um, to which Antonio Pierce replied with this. The wild card is a quarterback. What are we going to do? Well, we got to put a plan together. There's quarterbacks. There's, there's ways to get it. Everybody has a price. There's always a price. There's always something that people are willing like, ooh, you giving me that for this? You can create a little, little doubt there, a little like hmm, interest as far as if they want to make that move. Well, what if it's not the draft? All right, well, you got to go through free agency. Let's go worst case scenario, which is off what you're going off of. We're with Aiden O'Connell. We won five games with him. What happens if we give this kid a whole offseason like we're giving the head coach an opportunity to grow and learn? Because he played his ass off the last five games. Absolutely did. He played better than a lot of guys that got drafted in rounds one, two, and three. A lot to unpack in those 41 seconds, I feel, in just that very short period of time. What was your biggest takeaway? Like what I talked about last week uh, when I pulled out from his clip when uh, AP was saying he did what we asked him to do. And just the confidence in his voice when he's saying that is we, we put the reins on him because we didn't want him to expose himself because he didn't get that training camp. He didn't get that butt work. He didn't get that personal attention the entire year. He was kind of thrust into there. He had an OC that wasn't really an OC. So – a head coach think, that wasn't really a head coach. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but I will say that. Well, I mean, I mean, Josh McDaniels. I, I think internally, internally, mm-hmm. I think the Raiders are a lot more comfortable with Aiden O'Connell if that's the that's what ends up happening moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a rookie's going to beat him out. I, I I don't get that sense that even if we draft a rookie in the first round. I don't know that he's going to be able to beat out Aiden O'Connell right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think there's a lot more confidence in Aiden O'Connell, at least for the next season or the start of next season, than a lot of other people out there. And they would know the best. He's, uh, you can tell Antonio Pierce is extremely confident when he says something like, because he, he used the exact verbiage. This wasn't Ryan Clark. This wasn't how the question was poised. Antonio Pierce is like, all right, think worst case scenario. We start Aiden O'Connell. And to think that that's how he's pitching it. Whereas like even worst case scenario, here's all the reasons why I'm comfortable with it. And so Antonio Pierce feels very, very confident in kind of everything and very optimistic in everything. And I'm wondering if he's like, like kind of laying the groundwork damage control is the wrong word, but if he's like, all right, we're just going to roll with Farva and there'll be a chunk of Raider nation, extremely pissed. You and me both, like as much as we love Farva, it's like, dude, get, more, more, like it's quarterback. Like you got to, you can't just be like, all right, well, he's already here. Might as well just, you know, he's already in the building. Why don't we bring someone else in? That's too much work. Um, and it, so it feels like he's laying the groundwork for like, da- I'm making quotes, damage control E. If he's just like, mm-hmm. screw it, we're going to roll with Farva. It's possible. It's possible. But honestly, um, like he, <laughs> AP went full million dollar man, dude. <laughs> everyone's got a price for a yeah. million dollar man. 
he went four million dollar man. Everyone's got a price. Yeah, but are you willing to pay that price? Yeah. Right. Everyone has a price. There's it's for sure. But are you willing to pay it? There are guys. I say I've been saying this since before the last year's draft. I said don't move up. I told them don't move up if you're mm -hmm. not comfortable. If you're not fully ready. What I did, I also said that Caesar Shaw was my favorite quarterback last season. But I said there are five or six quarterbacks just as good as the quarterbacks coming out of college. Not forget about what what CJ Stroud did during the season, but coming out of college, there are five or six quarterbacks that are just as good or better than CJ Stroud college wise yeah. coming out, and there are. We, there's a, a lot of guys out there that we can get and I wouldn't be like heartbroken if we ended up getting like, I just started watching film recently, but like a, like a Spencer Rattler in the third round. Like I wouldn't be mad at that mm -hmm. because if, if you take a look at them side by side, Spencer Rattler is like the poor man's version of Caleb Williams. Uh -huh. It's like the same size. Uh, similar, he's not. He just not quite as doesn't have that quite as as dynamic an arm, but it's still really good. Counterpoint: not quite as mobile. Seven times the name Spencer yeah. Rattler. That just sounds like a Raider. A great name, Spencer right? Rattler. Like Jake the mobile, Snake and Rattler. As mobile, he's elusive, but not that as. He's just he's right there. Um, I wouldn't be mad at a third round pick. Am I saying that he's as good a prospect as the Caleb Williams? No, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, but if you get him in the third round and you end up getting like that stud freaking uh, tackle out of Oregon State that I forgot. I can't even pronounce his name. If, even if it was in front of me, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. Mm. Okay. We get something like that. I mean, we get a DB in the, in the second, you know, whatever, like shore up some positions that you always want to shore up. Not a bad look, man. Not a bad look. So that was the other thing. It's, it, 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 it's funny. Like, I feel like he sounded kind of like what I've been saying about value. He kind of sounded like that. He's like, hey, you never know what could be out there. You never really know what the deal could be. You throw out a couple feelers. Very different than like when Mayock was talking about it after he was fired. It was like, if you've got your guy, you go after him, right? Like, if you know he's the guy, like, then it doesn't matter what the price is because he's, he's so successful. And like, in imagination land where you know Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or whoever is going to be a Hall of Famer, then yeah, it's if you know Jaden Daniels is a Hall of Famer, 10 first rounders are worth it. Yeah, I'll give you my whole draft for him. It would be worth it. Right? It'd be, it'd be worth it, but you don't. And the odds are first-round quarterbacks normally normally don't hit. And so I feel like he's thinking in, like, value terms as opposed to, yeah, we're, we're grabbing our guy and we're going all in. That's what I heard. <laughs> but also that's what I want. So I'm wondering if I'm just hearing what I want to hear. I, I don't think you're wrong, RJ. What I think is I think he's kind of in between where you are and where you think I am, right? I, I always say going rate. But you go for it. Maybe you pay a little bit more, but not a ton more. Yeah. Uh, if it's the guy that you want, because like I, I tweeted it uh, earlier today. You know, you're you scouted your own team. You scouted the free agents out there. You scouted the draft class this year. You scouted the draft class next year. If you're in, if this is the guy that you want, be aggressive and go for him. If that's the guy that you want. The issue that we've had for a lot of years here is we've we haven't had a real GM for quite some time. Yeah, uh, and I mean, since what McKenzie, really? 
ever since then, it's yeah. been it was Gruden, it was Mayock, and then we have Ziegler. And these are guys that people want to get over on, right? They're not like the relationship building Telesco, who's got relationships all around the league, and they know, okay, we're not going to be able to fleece this guy. He's been around, he's been doing it for too long. So we're going to get a good, fair deal, and he's good to work with. He's he's a fair a, a fair negotiator, right? If we can do it, I say go ahead and do it. We have a lot of pieces in place. Um, we didn't get much for from our first round pick last year. We didn't get much from our second round pick last year, to be honest with you. We didn't get much from our third round pick last year. Almost nothing. So it's like it's not like it's impossible to win if you don't have those picks. Yeah. You just need to be very smart around them. And if you end up getting a quarterback for you know those those picks, it's gonna make a lot of things a lot easier for you. The and, thing is, is and on paper, have, those picks yeah. should have more value because Telesco has a better track record, right? So I think, like, in as Raider fans, we always use that example. It's like, well, where's our five picks now? It's like, well, it was Mayock and Gruden. Like, I'm falling in love with this guy, right? Like, it's complete. You can't, yes, it was the Raiders, but there's a different decision maker now. So you, you can't view it in those terms. Um, again, a lot to unpack, and I want to get to the quarterbacks, but I want to get to Antonio Pierce specifically because I'm still getting a read on him when he speaks publicly. I'm still getting a read on him. And this is a really like football players, coaches, they love Ryan Clark. And I love the pivot because it's, they're very comfortable talking with these guys. So I feel like he's going to be honest somewhere. It's going to be there. When John Gruden talked, he was like honest to a fault. Like it's literally whatever his emotion is, is coming out of his mouth. You know, Josh McDaniels was just like, I'm going to tell you as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Here's the standard operating procedure. Want to talk, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, anything. the mouse, the mouse roll on, but there's nothing really processing. Antonio Pierce, I'm still getting a read on if, like, if what comes out of his mouth is what he's really saying, what he's really thinking, or if he's talking to his team. When he hypes up Farva, when he when he hypes up Aiden O'Connell every time, I you know Farva's hearing it, and he's got to love it, right? You got to love your coach that that is in your corner that much. Is he in, is he saying that because that's what Farva, that's the best thing to say to get the best out of Aiden O'Connell. Or is he saying that because it's truly true to his heart? He's like, I will roll with this fourth round second year player whose feet are in cement next year, because I believe he'll get us to win. I believe, I know now I'm just, I'm not just saying that. So he feels confident, but I actually believe it. I'm still trying to get a read on Antonio Pierce when he talks that way. Have you gotten a better read yet than I have? Yeah, I got a better read than that. Okay. Just because you have to understand something. He's been doing – He's captain. Of, he was a captain of the defense, okay? He was a leader of that defense when yeah. he played. He's used to doing interviews. He's used to doing press conferences. He's used – and he's he wasn't for, like, some just shit-dick franchise. Like, he, the Giants are a very respected franchise, right? And it's a tough media, tough media town in New York, okay? So he, he – I don't see him saying anything that he doesn't believe – but if you notice, he said he didn't say anything that you can't refute. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what did he say? Well, you know, if our worst-case scenario was Aiden O'Connell, he, we won five games with him last year. Is that true? Yes. At the end of the year, he was playing better than a lot of the guys that went in the first round. Well, not C.J. Stroud. Who else went in the first round that was playing? Most of them weren't playing. <laughs> no, well, yeah, freaking Richardson got hurt. Yep. But uh, what the hell? I even forgot his name now. Home dude, Young. Bryce Young. Yep. He was playing like shit. And Okada was playing better than, better than Bryce Young. So nothing he's saying is not true. Mm-hmm. So he's choosing his words wisely, but 
you can tell he does believe it because what he's saying is factual. Mm-hmm. It, what he's saying is not feeling. What he's saying is fact. It comes across as feeling, but it's facts. So it's it, it is he is talking to he is talking to the team. He is talking to Aiden O'Connell. He is talking to the fan base. He's talking to the coaches. He's talking to everyone and everything he says. Is he measured? Yes. Does it come across as authentic? Yes. Uh, but it's not feeling. It's fact. It's, uh, but again, does that make you think he's more willing, like he's overly willing to go to roll with Farva next season? Or is it, is what he's saying because he actually is down to start Farva next season? Or he's just down to be like, this is what Farva should hear. And my job as a coach is not to give good interviews. My job as a coach is to get the most out of my players. Where do you think? That's what I'm wondering is what is the motivation for him to say what he's saying? Again, you're right. Like he's speaking facts. Like he's not saying anything that's like, oh, you're well, I think, shit, AB. Well, I think what he's doing is I feel his belief is if we have to start Aiden O'Connell, I'm cool with it. I don't think that's his first choice, but if they do have to, for whatever reason, the guy they get in free agency gets hurt, the, the rookie's just not good enough yet, yeah. or whatever. If we have to start with Aiden O'Connell, I'm perfectly fine because we won five games with him last year. He got better as the season went along. He didn't have a training camp. He didn't have any type of, like, he did a lot of things going against him that we talked about already. Yeah. You put all that squared away, day one, ready to rock. I have confidence in his ability from what I've seen in him to be able to get the job done to the level that's going to be able to take us to victories. He sounds like a guy that's basically saying, I'm going to let Tom Telesco do his job. That's kind of what I hear out of him is, yeah, you know, we can trade. Like, why is it? Why are we in a terrible situation? Like we can trade up or we can get a, or we can get a free agent or we can roll with our second year player that played last season. He sounds Listen, just like, I'm going to let Telesco do his job and I'll, I'll make it work. Whatever we, whatever he ends up doing. We're in a pretty nice spot. If all the quarterbacks, like if the top three quarterbacks are gone, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take any other quarterback in the first round than the top three. Okay. Uh so who would be what's the best quarterback that, that that's probably gonna that, that would hypothetically fall to 13? Would the best would quarterback the that would fall probably Jaden Daniels? No, he's not falling to 13. No, I'm saying well, you're saying what's the who's the best one that would? Yeah, like out of the three or out of all of them? Out of oh no no, I mean any every single quarterback. Oh, like how many quarterbacks are getting drafted? Right, the top three are going in the first four picks. Um, and then after that, like I would say, is I would even say, like Penix or Nick's going to be on the board. I would say I would say Penix would be the the best one of probably the best one available there. So you think there'll be nine picks without a quarterback from five to thirteen? Yeah. There's two. Okay. The, 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 there's there's two really good tackles, right? There's two, three really good defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. There's three really really good receivers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's already what almost ten players right there. I mean, we're talking about like really good players here. Yeah. Now so that's if quarterback quarterback hungry teams can resist. You know what I mean. The only quarterback hungry team outside of the top three is um, Atlanta. 
Mm -hmm. honestly. That's the only team that I can see that would, like, in the top 10, really jump up. Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's pull this, let's pull this, this shit up. What's, what's this? You got it up? Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, I I think that... Um, All right. Bears us, either trading or picking somebody. We're not, we're not talking about the top three. We're not talking about them. Uh, Arizona has Chargers, their guy. No. The Chargers have their guy. Giants hey. might. Titans, the, no. the Giants might, but I think the Giants like. I think the Giants are more comfortable with Daniel Jones and his skill set than the court than the guys coming in for what they have to pay to get them. Like well, I think. About I, well, I think Penix or Knicks would fall to six. Oh yeah, you know they would. But I, I, so that, I don't know that the Giants feel like that's a substantial upgrade to Daniel Jones. They've seen Daniel Jones go out there and win playoff games. This is the other part, though. We're not just going against not just the Giants pick. How many of the other 31 teams would potentially trade up to the Giants to try to get Knicks or Penix? I think yeah. a decent amount, right? I mean, you're, you're, if you start throwing trades in there, that's too much. Let's, as far as this goes, the needy teams, the, the quarterback needy team in the top 10 is the Falcons outside the top three. So from four to 10 mm. is the Falcons. Then the next one, uh, depending on what happens in Minnesota, uh, so, uh, 11, 12, the, the two right before us, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Russ, but if we wanted to, 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 to move up the spot for us to move up is six. Yeah. That's the spot for us to move up. If, if there's a player available that move, get, that gets past, let's say, you know, new England at three, or I we can just go trade with new England. I think Tom Telesco has the toughest job of any GM this offseason. Absolute toughest job. Because we don't have our quarterback, but we have a good team that is a quarterback away from doing something special. And we're at 13. Like he is in, like this is where he like he needs he's gonna have to earn his money right away in the position that he's in. Like it is a because there's teams in a worse position, right? With less draft picks and you know, less money. Like, you know, there's the Broncos. We don't expect anything from the Broncos. They were terrible, right? You know, there's all kinds of teams in situations with, you know, they're in great situations. don't need to trade trade that much or they're terrible and no one's expecting them to do much. The Raiders at 13 with this roster, this cap space, these draft picks, this selection in the first round, where we're at right now, brand new coach. I think Telesco has the toughest job this offseason out of any GM in all of football because there is expectations and there's enough there's enough ammunition where it's like you need to make it work and win and the expectations are just high enough he's in a pickle man there, there there's yeah hear me out on this cuz i've been i've been i finally started my um uh, my uh my tape watching i watched a lot of the senior bowl practices and stuff and i'm watching a lot of tape and if Things play out the way I think they might play out. I think we should trade back in the mm -hmm. first round. Hear me out. Okay. We just count the 13. Okay. Three of the top quarterbacks gone. Mm -hmm. Two top tackles are gone. Two top corners are gone. Two top, top edge rushers are gone. All right. There's already then that's three more left till us. Okay. There's the receiver, and uh, we already say uh, 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 the receivers. One, two, mm -hmm. three receivers. So those are the top players available. 
at the top positions available in the draft. You're not going to get any of the top players in the top positions that are available in the draft. If you if if what I think is going to happen is going to happen. If that happens and someone wants to get their guy at 13, you just trade back. Mm-hmm. I think it's smart for us to do that because we can still get an impact player that's not going to because we're not going to get the top one or two players at the premium positions. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, edge rusher, receiver, tackle, corner. Those are the premium positions in the NFL. Those are the, the highest paid positions in the NFL. Out of those five positions, at 13, 12 of those guys are gone, and, and those are the top one or two or three at that position. If we're sitting there and it goes the way I think it's going to go, right? So let's who, who are the top three quarterbacks, right? We have Caleb, we have Daniels, and we have May, all right? Mm-hmm. We got that dude from Notre Dame and that dude from uh, – oh, what's that guy from? From fucking uh, Penn State? The tackle. Okay, the two tackles. Okay, you have uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., you have Malik Neighbors, and you have Roma Dunez. Okay, those are the three receivers. You have uh, the what the fuck is that guy's name? Wiggins, and um, God, I, I draw a blank with names. Uh, the guy from uh, Alabama, Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's ten players right there, and then the edge rushers. The guy from Florida State, the guy from Alabama, and then the defensive tackle from. Um, uh, Illinois. Those are the top guys at that position. And that's 12 players already gone. And then, so at 13, if everything goes the way it's supposed to go, you're like, okay, well, I could get another guy. If I'm not going to get the top one or two guy at this position, why am I just going to get a guy just because I'm here? Let me try to trade back and I'll still get a good guy at, at, a, at you know, at a, at a premium position. It just makes a lot of sense. If we're not able to trade up, we should trade back. Well, it's all about flexibility, right? It's like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, there could be a run at quarterback, right? Like, there could be, like, awesome, Knicks yeah. and, right? People are trading Bro, I've been hearing Knicks a lot of nonsense about J.J. McCarthy, dude. Like, what? That's my point, is, like, that is where you make your money as a drafter. I've heard it. I've said it a thousand times, and I'm standing, I'm sticking by it because the math backs me up. It is a, it is really is a crapshoot in the draft. It really is a giant crapshoot. The way you win is by maximizing as many picks as possible and reading the value in the room, right? If there's a run at quarterbacks and quarterback needy teams get desperate and start throwing multiple first round picks for JJ McCarthy, you get the fuck out of there. You're like, like, dude, go have have, take, start throwing the bank at random quarterbacks. We out. We're not playing that game, right? Reverse situation. Jane Daniels falls to six, right? Or whatever, you know, yeah. all these people are desperate for wide receivers and tackles. You're just like, oh shit, Jaden Daniels is there at 10. Okay. Let's, you know, let's make that move. That's the, the, the two big skills of the draft, getting as many picks as possible. You shot. It's not a sniper. It's a shotgun. And two, reading the value as it happens in real time. That's going to be the skill. So if there's a run at quarterback. We get out of the room. We're hoping there's a run at wide receiver because we don't need to be drafting high high wide receivers, right? We want to get those guys off there because we're not picking one, right? That's what we're looking for is reading the room as it as it plays out. That's what Telesco needs to be able to do. All right. So if what I said, um, if what I said plays out, who behind us would want to jump up? New Orleans could move up from thirteen from fourteen to thirteen. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, the Seahawks, 
Uh, the Rams. The Rams. See how are, sticking with? I feel like they're sticking with Gino. No. Well, I think I think G, the the shines kind of come off of Gino. I think they kind of saw what he was. The Rams. The Rams could move up. Rams could. The the Saints. The Rams. The Steelers could move up. Um. Uh, yeah. That's that's those are the ones oh, right there. Those are the guys right there. Tracking distance. So tracking move, distance move, you only move back a couple of picks because the last one would be the Rams at nineteen. Mm. Well, yeah, because if, if 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 you move up from nineteen to six, you'll probably get number nineteen and uh, either a two, and then maybe a four next year, or something like that. you're going to get another premium pick this year if you do that, um, and. At 19, you're still you'll you'll get the third tackle on the board, the third offensive tackle on the board, which is still a really good player, or even the fourth, the mm-hmm. either the guy from uh, Oregon State or the or the guy uh, the guy from uh, Alabama, JC, or, or you'll Lake. or you'll get the or you'll get the third best corner on the board, second. Or yeah, third and it's still a really good, good player. Good. Still a need. really good player, right? Yeah. And and then you get another second round pick. Uh, it's it just makes sense because I I started doing the math. And this is the rough part of the of the at the, at twelve ish. Once you start getting to twelve, twelve to like twenty, nineteen, twenty, it's really tough because you're not in a position to like move up easily, but you're not in a position where you can just let things fall to you. Yeah, because it's like okay, I can get this same guy at twenty five. I don't have to take him here. I want to get out. Telesco needs to make sure he has his coffee that morning. Like I want Telesco doing lines of blow that morning because I want oh, yeah, his sure. mind fire. Like he's got to be in real time firing, man. Like you can't build a roadmap that you're sticking to that too early. Like it's just not the draft for that. You're not in a position to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. We're gonna stay the course. It's like no. He needs to be hitting the rail off of some stripper's lower lip, man. I'm telling you. And she needs to be on the phone and not this like, one. The GM at Tampa Bay, right? Like everyone needs to be on a like getting like figuring out what's going on. Because if, if if we get out of the first round without a quarterback, okay, let's say we let's say we, we get out of the first round without a quarterback. Are you wanting to because it's it's weird. Do we develop like a fourth round guy when we've already got our developmental guy on the team? You know what I mean? Like is it's is it like all right, is a third or fourth round quarterback what we want to do when we already have Aiden O'Connell? That's that's the tricky question because well, you kind of have two of the same guys. No, not, not necessarily because Aiden O'Connell has his limitations, and if you're noticing that those limitations are hindering you from doing what you would theoretically want to do in and opening your whole offense, mm-hmm. then you you have to get another guy because then you have to okay. So can we get this guy to to Aiden O'Connell's level of what he can do, but he also does more. Uh, and it just, it just makes sense because you know that Aiden O'Connell isn't what you are looking for in a quarterback because he does have deficiencies. So you, you're always going to need to get, replenish a guy. You're always going to need to find another guy until, until you have the guy that you're comfortable with fully. I think we get, uh, I think it's also all dependent on who we get in free agency. Like what veteran quarterback are we getting? Like, are we getting after somebody that's going to be like, Hey, this guy, could really be our starter or is it all right? We just have a veteran presence in the room. We don't expect a whole bunch from them, but you know, we need, we need a dude who can like, he's old enough to rent a car. Well, Farva's old as shit for a rookie, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You need yeah. a guy with some guy that's been in the league for, you know, a handful of years that can help these guys along. 
uh, lot to follow. Lot to follow. Uh, so I guess the um, do the Raiders get like half of a Lombardi Trophy because we're the reason the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Do we get like something like that? Some sort of like 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 a third of a Lombardi to put in a trophy room? So we have three and a third. Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Oh boy, it's so Is upsetting. It Andy, Andy Reid gave us credit for them he getting did. the dub. You know what, dude? I think that's just shade, bro. I think he's just throwing that sneaky shade. He's really smart about that. You think so? I mean, I don't think not. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what he had to say. This is what he said to uh, NBC Sports. I texted him, Andy Reid, to Antonio Pierce. I just said, hey, beautiful facility, first of all, and I appreciate you kicking our tail because you taught us a lesson. You get complacent in this business. The margin between winning and losing is tiny. You better step up. There's a time and a place for these players that have been here before. You know what it takes. If you're the veteran that's dropping the ball, or you're the veteran getting the penalties, you better figure it out. Figure it out quick. The season's going to go down. Give the assist. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, 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 anyway, he's not a bad guy, dude. He's not a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was pretty um, genuine when he said that. Yeah. For him to reach out to AP. And I think, honestly, I think he did that to motivate, too. Like, hey, man, thanks for kicking our ass. Like, we needed it. it and and it's, it, it kind of it gives to that, you know, coaches, coaches, yeah, it, it's not personal with the coach, with most coaches. Some, some of them it is. Yeah. But most of them it's not. It's like you're just coworkers and, you know, it's like you run a sales team and I run a sales team. It's like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. And um, he sees You're the adults in the room. Yeah, maybe he sees something in AP where he, he knows with the turnaround. He and 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 people who haven't see it in other people, right? So if he sees what he thinks he sees in AP, give him that little extra jump, that little extra nudge. Uh, you know, and he's not going to be around forever. Okay, I would he's love very, to know. I would love to know what Antonio Pierce's response to that text was. And I hope on. it was something like, "We're going to beat you twice as bad next season." <laughs> we're gonna hang two on you next year that's what i imagine it being in my brain uh another guy that had a reaction to the raiders you you uh you tweeted this out max crosby reaction to chiefs game-winning touchdown just stone-faced just i imagine that's what like a serial killer looks like when he's found his new victim that look right there on max crosby's face that I, I tweeted it out that we're, we are witnessing the super villain origin right here. Mm -hmm. Like when you, when you saw like, like the Joker movie, like how did the Joker become the Joker? Right? Like, well, all this stuff happened. And then this is like, uh, you see that you see like the, the green goblin when you watch Spider-Man or whatever, like you see the origin of like the, the, the super villain. If you're on the Raiders right next season, you better be prepared to not have Max Crosby just hint that you should do extra work or just mention that you should get to the to the facility at by six o'clock every day. You yeah. better be prepared to get in there and be ready to work and be ready to 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 give everything you have every single day. You need to make sure that as Max Crosby needs to make sure that everyone on that team is just as committed and just as like maniacal about winning because everything, like I put in there, everything 
from today until the next Super Bowl, everything that they do has to revolve around them being in that position next year. I can just imagine some like rookie trying to run off the field early, like practice is over and everyone's kind of like adding their extra work and he's running off. And then Max just gives him that look that we're looking at right now. And that, that, that rookie just like stops in his tracks and just like slowly starts like walking back to the field. It honestly, that that's the next, the next step. Those stern dad looks that she's like, you know what you need to do. And Max just gives it to everybody. Honestly, I don't understand why anybody who is who is on the Raiders, like if I'm like a a, a healthy Tyree Wilson, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, Max, let's do this. I want to I want to be on what you're on. If you're you know anybody really, yeah, on that especially on that defense on the defensive line, how are you playing every single freaking play every single game? Like, how are you playing literally 96% of the snaps? With your knee destroyed for and your freaking hand that needs to be fixed. How are you doing all this? And and playing, not just doing it, but playing at a super high level, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not like Cal Ripken in, like, the last couple seasons, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like a legit freaking all-pro player. How are you doing this? Well, this is what I do every day. Okay, well, I'm going to do the same thing. That's that. That's what winners do. Winners find what w- the other winners are doing, and they match it and try to make it better. That's what winners do. And if it, it if you if I'm looking for teammates, I'm looking for guys like that. If you just weaponize a look like Max Crosby, you know that, you're doing that well. look. Put that look back up there, man. That look is. That's my uh so my mother in law because that freaking face. So my wife's uh grandpa was a cop, Huntington Beach police detective. And so I remember hearing stories of my mother in law telling me like her dad didn't yell at her, didn't spank her. It was just like he would just give a look and she's like, I would immediately be in tears. Just because you just he was just an alpha cop, knew what he was you know, you knew what you were in for. That's Max. Max gives you that look and you're on that practice facility. You think you're slinking off early? Nope. Get out of here. Get out of here. Nope. For sure. Uh, so if there's any position that the Raiders really don't need big help on, it's pass catcher. Or, you know, every 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 team can use more weapons, but there's one position like, well, I think we're I think we're okay. Let's not devote all our resources to that. Let's let's do something else, right? Uh but that didn't stop the uh the the hypotheses and the potential from going. Uh, Brandon Ayuk just lost a Super Bowl, 49ers, Mr. Do Everything, Mr. Swiss Army Knife of Swiss Army Knife of Offense. Instagram uh storied, don't forget what got you there, I emoji. Because of course, NFL players can't just say what they think. They have to be weirdly cryptic and diva y, because that's who they are. Brandon Ayuk's girlfriend, a little bit more in the face. Um, it might be the last time we step foot at Levi's because we might not be here next season. Of course, it's always good news when the girlfriend starts talking about free agency and where their man's going to go. And then this one, which was interesting. Brandon Ayuk's best friend on Instagram. This is the exact reason why we leaving San Francisco. Thank you, 49ers, for drafting my brother. We are forever grateful. 
B-A, Brandon Ayuk, to Vegas, pirate flag. Does Brandon Ayuk want to be a Raider? Doesn't sound like he doesn't want to. It doesn't want to be a Raider. <laughs> it's like him. a weird. Damn, I'll take oh, him. Dude. He's fucking good. He's amazing, and obviously that would be insane. Like imagine throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, Brandon Ayuk, Jacoby Trey Myers, Tucker. Trey Tucker. Hope maybe maybe Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. Like Jesus God. But if I'm Brandon Ayuk, like if I'm any wide receiver. Are you begging to get the ball thrown to you by Barba? Like, is, is Aiden O'Connell really the guy that you're just like, oh, man, I need that guy throwing passes to me? I'm, I'm very curious why he chose Las Vegas. Maybe because he was in Vegas. Right? He liked the facilities. The facility, right? You know? He's like, oh, man, I really I mean, loved look, the, uh, the homemade cookies in the rec room. Every single, every single person that – and I'm, I'm talking like – ex-players who are like now for like the NFL network or whatever, but that's their first time really spending a lot of time at Allegiant stadium. The first thing they say is like, Oh man, this place is freaking amazing. Yeah. Every single person says it. Practice facilities, the actual Legion stadium offices. They love it there. Right. Um, take a quick look. So he's going to be, uh, he'll be a fifth round rookie or, you know, he's on his fifth, Fifth season as the rookie, right? The fifth year rookie deal, right? So he's looking at about $14 million cap hit next season. Cool. I mean, that's pennies for how good he is, but you're also you're you're loading up a, a room that's already loaded. I mean, are we going four wide every play if we got Tucker, Jacoby, Devontae, and Ayuk? Well, Tucker's not gonna play every play. It's gonna be Jacoby, Ayuk, and Devontae. And then Tucker's going to be sprinkled in. So then Jacoby can go back to the slot like he was most of the time when he did his best work. That would be that would be a, hell of a wide receiver room, dude. My God. All those guys then you, are, are... Then you'd have quarterbacks like climbing over their mom to be our quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I get to throw to who now? I get to the how many like Pro Bowl Yo, slash... Potential Hall of Fame slash game-changing wide receivers. Please. I know we're talking Brandon Ayuk right now, okay? But I've been doing, like, just reviewing old games. Mm -hmm. oh, man, Jacoby Myers is freaking good, dude. Yeah. He's pretty damn good. And it's not just because Devontae Adams is on the opposite side of him. Because he does it when Devontae Adams is in the game, when he's not in the game. Uh, yeah, he's good. He knows how to get open, man. He doesn't get open, good, good attitude, man. right? Like he's, he's all more the athletic thing. than you think. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's good, man. We we thank you, freaking Ziegler, for that one. We had the best free agent move by Zeke. Oof. Uh gotta be right. I think so, man. What was the best? What was the best move by Dave Ziegler? Any move. It's gotta be that one, right? Devontae coming over was a no-brainer. Like, you or I could have done that. Devontae coming over, yeah, there. that was pretty much being done already. It wasn't a move there, the, right? It was the, just the max, the max extension was, like, again. Going rate. Thing. Going rate, right? You, you paid um, what he was worth and stayed. Epps, Epps, did play, Epps played pretty good. Uh, the Jack Jones pickup was really good. He immediately became our number one corner. Yep. Uh, 
And I think and that, it was that was better. a little more AP, right? AP was like, because he, he said straight up, like, if he doesn't work out, you can kick me off. Like, yeah. Well, also, I mean, and the, in a corresponding move, like they got rid of Marcus Peters. And they yeah. probably did. <laughs> Marcus Peters is so bad, dude. It's a two for so one. I was watching the tape, right? Addition and, by subtraction. So I was watching the tape, and they were playing this little, like you know, like this switch game, like a like a, a cover two. But Merrick came down and played the zone of where the corner normally would, and they he switched with Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Marcus Peters. It was like a third and eight, and the the what you do what you, what you want to set that trap is you don't want to be too far behind the sticks because you want to make the window. You want there to be a window, but you want it to be tight enough where you can go and make the play. Mm-hmm. Marcus Peters was seven yards behind the first down marker when the pass was completed. Yeah, I was thinking to myself. That's the defeats the entire purpose of doing that switch and giving that pocket. You want him to throw there, but you want him to throw there ahead of the sticks. Um, it was He's just like I don't want to run too much. I'm gonna. I don't like. I, I don't want him to run past me, so I'm just gonna get re- like, whoa, bro! Yeah. Come on, man! Come I just on! Don't want to get beat. Man. That's all. Uh, so I feel like one of the um with this whole like with the. Rookie quarterbacks, the draft quarterbacks, free agent quarterbacks. One of the first dominoes to fall might be Justin Fields. Obviously, with the Bears holding the first overall pick and having a starting quarterback, whether you think he's good or not, he is, you know, he's a starting starting quarterback in the NFL. Where he goes and how, I think it will probably be the first domino to fall in what happens with quarterback free agency and drafting this season. So obviously, if the if the Bears trade him, they're clearly using that first overall pick on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's reports saying that they might keep fields and draft a quarterback. There's reports saying that they'll, they're trading away. There's reports that he's keeping like I'm, there's misinformation everywhere. So I'm not believing any of it until, until something happens. The odds came out. And again, when we do these odds, these are gambling websites that put up betting odds. You actually can't bet. It's just for fun purposes. It's, yeah. But that's what we're doing here. We're doing fun purposes. They took all the odds of who's going to be the quarterback. Steelers were the highest odds. Favorites, minus 125. Chicago Bears keeping him, plus 200. Falcons, plus 600. Pats, plus 650. Broncos, Commanders, and Raiders, all plus 1,200. There was a minute there where it felt like the Raiders were kind of maybe number one-ish in the clubhouse to acquire his services for you know second round or whatever they were asking for. Now they're way, way back. At plus twelve hundred, what I would love to see the Bears keep them, trade away that first pick, and then just have more quarterbacks in that draft potentially. I would love me some Justin Fields for cheap. I think for a second rounder, you know, we disagree on this. I think for a second rounder, it's absolute no brainer. Two year, like twenty six ish million dollar deal for a guy that might start, a dynamic athlete, get him out of a cesspool, get him in a good situation, see what happens. Um, I would love that, but I kind of want to be in the quarterback sweepstakes for this rookie class more. I would much, much rather if something gives us like a 3% chance better to land one of the really good quarterbacks. I'd prefer that. Yeah, I would too. I would too. And for the reasons that I, I, I talked about last week, 
you get the advantages of having a young quarterback on a rookie contract. You really don't get that advantage now. Um, it is a two-year, $28 million deal, but it's $2 million this year, and it's 26 next year. So you, you lose all the advantage of having a young quarterback on a rookie deal. You only get one year of that. Plus, you have to give up a draft pick to get him. Ooh, if I'm going to do that, I want to have four years of a really, really nice contract. Um, it just makes more sense, and it's that window that you that you want uh, for a rookie contract. And, um, if you have a guy that you want to, you need to develop anyway, I, I, I want more time. I want more time with that deal. Uh, it on paper in a bubble, it's, I, I still think it's a good deal for a potential starting quarterback for, you know, two years, 28 ish or whatever, like, you know, on paper it works. Um, but again, the same thing we're talking about that Antonio Pierce is like, well, he earned it. It's like, no, you're not asking, should Antonio Pierce be the head coach? You're saying, let's go get the best head coach we can. And if it's AP, great. Awesome. Same thing with Justin Fields. It's not, oh, do I want Justin Fields or not? It's, well, what are all of our options? What are all the costs? What are the consequences of those options? Justin Fields in a bubble in the price, I'm down. But if not getting him means we have a better chance of landing a franchise rookie quarterback with all the advantages therein, which you stated, I'm leaning with the latter. Uh, you ready to do some what up, win bags? Why not? Mac B H D one. Thank you so much for being a member. We appreciate you. Soto. We've seen our wide receivers getting hit over the middle. Most of the season, more so with Jimmy G. I'm just thankful that no one got a hit on them. Like our Epps did on Justin Jefferson. This is on one of your, uh, Soto second watch series that you've got going right now, where you're re you're reviewing all the games of the season, giving a second watch. He's talking about that hit. Jimmy G got, he just loved floating balls up there. He doesn't love floating balls. And uh, it, oh man, that first game against the the Broncos. That's that's the curse of a a, a weaker arm too, right? It's not just he he can't throw it far, but now you're giving those DBs an extra 0.5 seconds to close the gap and decapitate our very good, very highly paid pass catchers. Yeah, very expensive pass catcher. there was a throw, the very first one that I, I I talked about against the Broncos. It was a scramble play, and he did have to float the ball over some linebackers there in front of him, and it was a nice play, but he floated the ball like four yards away from the out-of-bounds line. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're going to do that, and you see the safety barreling down on him, throw it towards the sideline so you can catch it and get the hell out of bounds. Yeah. And protect himself. He's four yards away and he just had to eat the hit. And he, you know, Devontae Adams is a stud and he caught the ball, but he did that a couple of times. He caught, he freaking strung Hooper out to dry against the Bills a couple of times. It was tough. It was tough to watch. Um, and uh, it really, you didn't see Farva do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't see Farva hang out his receivers to try like that, like that. Maybe if he had to just throw a, a tight crosser across the middle, like, fuck it, man, I got to throw this thing, and he's going to get lit up, but whatever, man, this is what we have to do. It wasn't like a scramble play where you're just throwing the ball up there or whatever. And it was it was tough to watch a couple of these – a couple of these throws were tough to watch. Jimmy G just never sets his feet. It's the weirdest, most uncanny. Like, how do you it's be in the crazy, NFL man. that long, have that have that many different coaches? Like, quarterback goes, hey, we're going to for, – for a month, we're going to work on planning your feet and delivering a throw. But every time, he's just like – on his tippy toes. 
can't throw power. Let me keep it Dakota Buckman, 3140. Rumor has that Devontae says that Luke, Luke Getze, the new offensive coordinator, is the one who took his game to the next level. DJ Moore had his best year under Luke, and I've heard he is very well respected in the NFL. I want to see him with a quarterback who can read a defense and can consistently throw from the pocket. Also, a good sign is his offense improved a decent amount from year one to year two of his offense. So we keep talking about Luke Getze, and everyone, everyone, everyone is saying how smart he is, how good he is, how great he is. And then you look at the Bears' offense, and you're like, it's just not producing. You go below the surface, and you look at stats, like Tay saying Luke was a big part of it when he was at Green Bay. It is true, DJ Moore flourish under Getsy. It's the biggest results aren't there, but there's a lot of underlying positives with Getsy. And I think we're starting to see like with these reports coming out, why they hired him when they did. Yeah. And one of the, one of the clips in that uh, AP uh, pivot podcast was he talked about that. He talked about Luke Getsy and he, he said, he gives his coordinators full reign to do whatever they want to do, as long as it's within the parameters of what they've discussed. Right? Yep. So, I mean, what does that tell you? We're still going to run the ball a lot. We're going to be a run-heavy play-action team. We're going to be kind of like a, 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 a lot of pro sets with like a lot of two-back two sets and stuff like that. We're going to do that. But – we're also going to have a lot of three wide receiver sets. We're going to do a lot of screens, a lot of tight end screens. We're going to do a lot of stuff like that too. We're, we're going to be a good mix of both. But I, I think that AP does, because he even talked about it in the podcast. He said, you can throw a screen pass and still be physical. Yeah. Like you still, you can still, like when you block, you can still be very physical. Like everything we do, everything we call needs to have an edge and we need to be physical. And that's what he wants. And I, I know that whoever's, you know, well, it's Luke Getzi now, is he's going to kind of formulate a, play, uh, a playbook and a scheme around what AP wants. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, he, when he was in that offense, when Getzi was in that offense as, as a, a quarterback coach, uh, in Green Bay, what were they? A lot of two back sets, right? They had Kuhn, they had the the the, the two uh, running backs. They did a lot of three wide receiver sets. Still, they did a lot of tight ends. They did a lot of screens. So it's like very similar. I foresee us having a very similar style of offense as the Packers had. Rusty Nail, eighty six twenty two, underrated drink by the way. The Rusty Nail. Thanks for the office Toby reference. As far as that show goes, we all know that Creed, Stanley, and Kevin did all the heavy lifting. I could not disagree more. Stanley was maybe the least funny guy on The Office. Kevin was hilarious. And Creed, Creed had his moments, but they were few and far between. I don't know. You mean, you mean William Charles Schneider? Uh, I mean, look, it was Michael Scott and um, why am I blanking? And uh, the funniest guy. On the Rain show. Wilson. Yeah, it was those two guys. It was Michael Scott and uh, and Rain Wilson carrying that show. And why like people love Jim? Like, oh my god, Jim is so funny. It's like, no, he's not. It's like Rain Wilson would do something absolutely hilarious, and then or like Jim would do something not funny, but it would make Rain Wilson do something awesome. 
Like, oh. And then, and then Jim would do this. And then Jim would look, look at the, the camera. camera. He'd be like, oh, my God, it's so fun. He's like, no. No, Rain Wilson's doing all the heavy lifting here. He's he's the one making he's the one being funny. Just Jim was just like the point guard. Like, here's the ball, Kobe, you know, and then he do something Ray amazing. Wilson. Yeah. What, rewatch, what rewatch the office with that yeah, in mind. Watch really Jim, Jim Halpert, and be like, that wasn't funny. The scene was amazing because Michael Scott and Rain Wilson did something awesome based off of Jim putting his calculator in jello. But was Jim actually funny? It was the wow. reaction. Yeah. But we, when uh, I put Creed's real name in the show, because, mm -hmm. you know, Creed was in his real. He assumed the name of a guy named Creed. Yeah. William Charles Schneider's his real name. And I don't think anyone got it. I was very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. That's that's probably our number one in this household go to. We're going to bed. Let's put something on TV. I think the office has been put on more than any other. It's just, just good enough to enjoy it. You don't put on Red Shoe Diaries? Uh, no. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's an old Skinamax. Uh... Oh. No, I think it was Showtime. It was like a David Duchovny. Like, David Duchovny was, like, reading, like, sexy stories, and it was, like, little vignettes, and it's all softcore shit before we had cell phones with porn on it 24-7. Yeah, that's opposite. Like, the wife and I are trying to go to sleep. We're not trying to get hot and bothered, you know? We've been married too long. We got a we got a four year old dude. We've been married a long time. We got a four year old. It's like oh god, you got, you got, you got that night mask on. I'm not trying to get into that we're anywhere. We're, 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 <laughs> we're on a mission, and it's just to close our eyes. All right, that's it for us. Uh, enjoy your Valentine's Day, fellas. Take care of your wives, girlfriends, your wives and girlfriends. If you got both, they both need, need that love. And um, send your mom something as well. Don't forget to call mom and grandma on Valentine's Day. Women in our life. It can be pains in the asses, but goddamn, do they make life better? You're doing it right. Um, because it's an earlier show, we'll probably get some more stuff done later this week. When's the next um, Soto second look coming out? Soto. Uh, probably end of the week. End of the week? Okay. So we'll keep, the, yeah. keep you abreast of the news, this new series that Soto's doing. Make sure you check it out. He's done two already. And until then, knock on wood if you're with me.